on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Coming to you on a Monday, September 27th. The LA Galaxy shut out in Austin 2-0. Worst team in the Western Conference. That's not good. That's not going to make people happy. I can see. I'm glad it happened on a Sunday evening instead of like a Friday night. Would have ruined everybody's whole weekend as it is. You just rolled into a crappy Monday. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, So I guess we have a crappy show lined up for you as well. Uh, But we're going to talk about the loss to Austin. We're going to talk and get you ready for the game against Real Salt Lake because the Galaxy bounced right back. Wednesday night game, LAFC over the weekend. A lot of things happening in rapid succession. We're going to get you stats, any updated news we can possibly get. A lot of discussion around the LA Galaxy's loss to Austin. So a lot of stuff to get to, a lot of things we want to talk about to help me do all that. He's back, the panda himself, Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kev, how's it going, buddy? Shut up, Terry Henry. Oh, wait a minute. Wrong show. Sorry about that. That I was Yeah, go ahead. I I was telling you earlier, I was talking to Robbie Rogers this weekend, as people do, not to be a name dropper, but we were speaking about Bruce and Bruce, uh, he mentioned Bruce Arena. And and I said he's like Ted Lasso kind of, because Robbie was talking about how one of Bruce's strengths was developing atmosphere in the clubhouse and, and a team camaraderie. And I said, so he's like Ted Lasso. And Robbie said, yeah, if there was a Sopranos version of yeah, Ted Lasso. I was going to say the R-rated version. It is funny, though. If you've been around Bruce enough, I, I, I feel that that is a an accurate description of Bruce Arena is that he does have a little bit of Ted Lasso in him. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But but just not again, not the rated G version that we really see uh, most of the time uh, whenever whenever we are, are watching, um, you know, uh, Apple TV. Well, I think of a couple of things with Bruce. I, it, you know, one of the first times I was introduced to him, I heard a story about they were flying somewhere for one of those postseason uh, tours where they would go around the world with David Beckham. And Donovan Ricketts was on the plane, obviously. And Bruce went up to him and said, look, we, we can't keep you. You're too expensive. You deserve a raise. If we keep you here, we can't pay you for your family and everything. You, do, you deserve to move on. Uh, where do you want to go? And he did the same thing, I remember, with Sean Franklin and with Marcelo Sarvis. Went out of his way to say, we we can't pay you what you deserve. We simply can't do it. But you can't stay here because that's going to hurt your family. So where would you like to go? Uh, you know, another story, David Beckham said he was the best man manager, meaning, indiv- you know, personal manager taking care of players that he's ever played for. And he played for Alex Ferguson. Um, so, um, you know, that's a pretty big compliment. Uh, one of the things Bruce always said is you, you don't – you 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 treat players the same, but you don't treat them the same. In other words, you show everyone respect, but you don't make David Beckham adhere to the rules of the lowest 
academy rookie, right? And you don't make the or you don't treat the lowest academy rookie like you treat David Beckham. Everyone gets treated fairly, but differently. It, I mean, it, it worked. It worked for Bruce, and, and certainly you're seeing that uh, again here uh, relatively quickly. Whenever you look at at what. Um, you know, sort of what's been going on with, with Bruce over in New England and just how he's been able to put this together over and over again. To me, it's been um, really interesting to see the teams like uh, Sporting Kansas City. That Was it last year? We're, we're horrible. Um, and this year, you know, back to sort of themselves. They had a lot of injuries last year. It was a short season, a whole bunch of stuff that sort of happened. And so SKC has sort of been going through that that rebuild, right? And then you have New England, who was horrible. Bruce got there. He's got the ship righted. They're going to win the Supporters' Shield fairly easily perhaps set you, a new league know, record yes yes did you know they're on pace to break the points record yeah of course you did because i told you many yes. times yes and I they are yeah every two years that record gets broken 2017 with greg vanny in toronto 2019 with bob bradley in la and now 2021 with bruce in new england yeah it's um so so it's interesting to see the teams that have sort of put it together i think if you're an la galaxy fan the reason i bring that up is that uh teams that have most recently and i guess i'll put this nicely sucked i i don't know if that's nicely or not but teams that have recently sucked as in not in the latin the too far distant past um are now in a position to to win hardware to get there and so it's not immediate there's baby steps that have to be taken and i think overall if you're looking at what the galaxy have done so far this year the baby steps have been in the right direction and they have i think they're pointed in a direction now right but greg vanny will tell you this is not the year he said that in toronto right I was surprised we were as good as we were in 2015. That wasn't the year. And everyone in Toronto was like, wow, this is a dynasty. No, no, it's the first step. And I think Greg would admit that this is the first step on a much longer path. Well, I mean, he's told us over and over again as we've talked to him throughout this uh, this season. That's where, that's where I heard it. That's yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I but, he, but he's told us over and over again, Kevin, and we've talked to him about it. Is, are you surprised at how quickly the team has come together? Yes, I didn't think we'd be this far along. Well, perhaps they weren't as, as far along as everybody thought they are. Perhaps they're just on pace. I just think that the start certainly has colored things and raised expectations. And now you're watching the fall. It's, it's so crazy because we've been talking about on this show so many times, Kevin, 2019 season and how that season started out quickly, started out fast, Zlatan, you know, you had Pavone, you had GBS sort of, it's in, in his second year, everything's going to fit together, everything's going to work. This is when it's all going to start, you know, and, and things are going to get better. Uh, excuse me, it was GBS's first year. Things are all going to get better. You can see, you can tell everything's just so much better. Um, and then towards the end of the season, and I've even graphed it and we've shown people on this, um, you know, I've graphed it, 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 they, they dove, they dove down, right? They dove down. I mean, the galaxy right now are at their lowest point in the supporter shield all year. They're in eighth place overall in the supporter shield. They have never been lower than seventh before this week. Now, even just saying that maybe everybody should remember <laughs> that that's where the galaxy have been throughout most of the season. Now it doesn't matter because ultimately it's where you finish, right? And where the galaxy finish and points totals and all that stuff is coming to a head. Now we're starting to see where that's going to come out. And maybe Kevin, it's going to show that they're going to finish right around 50, 51 points, which is sort of around what they finished in 2019. And it's sort of around what they finished in 2018. And you can go back and say, well, there's been no progress since 2018 and 2019 then, but you would then have to toss out one of the worst years in franchise history, even if it's COVID shortened years. 2020 was a horrible season. So there has been improvement, even defensively. There's been improvement since last year. Uh, people don't want to admit that, but but that's happened. So there have been steps forward, um, but certainly this latest seven games winless. Um, two losses now in a row looking for three, which would be the longest losing streak uh, for the LA Galaxy this year is not where they want to be. 
Well, they won seven of their first 10. And as you said, everyone got very excited. They were playing really well. Chicharito was scoring a lot of goals. Um, now they've won just four times since June. Uh, you know, uh, coincidentally, when Chicharito went out, he didn't, you know, missed his first game in the start of July. They've scored multiple goals six times in their first 10 games. They've been shut out now in consecutive games for the first time in more than a year. But, uh, you know, uh, and by the way, the loss to Austin was the third time, I think, since July they've lost to a last place team. They lost to Vancouver when they were in last place, Dallas when they were in last place, and right. now Austin. That's hard to do. Lose three <laughs> times to the last place team in just a couple of months. But, you know, I, I still think they're going to make the playoffs. And, and I think they're, I, I'm, well, I'm, I, I guess I guaranteed or I promised they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty I, sure you did. Yes. Yeah, I, I still stand by that. And and I stand by it for the same reason that Taylor Twillman mentioned on the broadcast, although I came up with it first, Taylor, so stop oh. taking my stuff, is that it's almost impossible to, in, in some ways to miss the playoffs unless you're one of those teams you talk about that sucked. More than half the teams make the playoffs. 13 teams in the, in the Western Conference, seven make the playoffs. So mathematically, you have a better chance of making the playoffs than you do of not making the playoffs. That's not the way it should be. That's the way it is. So then you look at the Galaxy. They're in fifth place now. They have 38 points. Look at the standings here. Look at the teams behind them, the teams that are outside the bubble. You have LAFC, Vancouver, San Jose, Dallas, Houston, and Austin. Oh, thank you. Nice yes. graphic. Yes, you're welcome. Um, or, and then you have Minnesota and Real Salt Lake between the Galaxy and, and the people outside the, the playoff line. Do you really think the Galaxy are, are worse than those teams? Uh, they're not. They're better than Vancouver. They're better than San Jose. They're better than Dallas. They're better. I mean, I know they've lost to these teams, but I mean, when you look over the long haul, they're better than all those teams. The, the only one that possibly could come up from that group, I think, that could come above the line would be LAFC, and they would, you know, they they have to deal with Salt Lake and 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 Minnesota first. I just think the Galaxy are are a playoff team because they're better than the teams that are right now below the line. Clearly, they're not going to do it if they don't get better. And we talked before this three-game road trip, which was uh, Minnesota, Austin, and and Real Salt Lake. And I think I think we're in agreement. Something like five points. We thought they'd get at least five points out of this. They're not going to do that because even if they win on Wednesday, it's only three points. Right. So we missed the mark on that. They do have to turn things around. But as I know you were going to mention, Greg Vanny actually was not as suicidal after the loss in Austin as we probably thought he should have been. I mean, it wasn't even that he was. And and by the way, I fully expect that this makes a Galaxy fans angry whenever I say that Greg Vanny was not irate and he was not panicked and he was he saw improvements against Austin. And I know everybody, as soon as you say that, how can you possibly say that you lose two to nothing to Austin and the worst team in the Western Conference, a team that what has that was that their third win at home all year, I think. Like, and a big away crowd there. Yeah, and a, I heard a, I heard from a lot of people in Austin how impressed they were. Ton of LA Galaxy, Galaxy fans. fans. Yeah, yeah, ton of LA Galaxy fans traveled. And they saw as many they saw as many goals there as we did, and we didn't even go. Yeah, we didn't even. Well, that that usually happens. Um, so it, it's just you know you have all these things, but it, you have to see it from Greg Vanny's perspective, and I think it's important that we separate the result from the gameplay, right? And if you're a coach, you live and die by results. Everybody agrees that, right? Every, you, you are judged on results. It doesn't matter how pretty you play, the whole deal. But what Greg Vanny's trying to see, Kevin, is he's trying to see this advance. He's trying to see the Galaxy take steps forward. Uh, for the second game in a row, you know, overall, the LA Galaxy were very close on, on expected goals to their opponent and yet still got blown out. 
Um, so, you know, this is a little bit probably of karma coming back from the earlier season where we saw the LA Galaxy winning games where they didn't have the expected goals at edge. And so you're seeing a lot of these things. Now, that being said, I don't think that Greg Vanny, and I know he didn't say that they played perfectly. We can play some audio from him, certainly, but he's not in a panic mode. And and Larry wrote a, a nice little follow um, on Jonathan Dos Santos because Jonathan Dos Santos... Larry, not on... Larry yeah. not on Twitter. Larry Morgan not on Twitter wrote a, a little follow on Jonathan Dos Santos and I spoke to Jonah last night after the loss and Jonah was was gracious gracious enough to answer a couple questions and I said you know are you guys panicking and Jonah's like listen we're not panicking he goes we know we have to do better we know every game is a final right now we know we have to step up and we have to win um, so he's very well aware of that but Kevin everybody's like well. Uh, the Larry titled his article, you know, uh, Dos Santos not panicking. Dos Santos says the galaxy aren't panicking. And they're like, well, they better be panicking. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like whenever I think of panicking, I think of the scene in the office wherever Dwight sets the fire and everybody starts running around and nobody's doing anything constructive and they're just that panicking. That was on last night. See, it's, it's it's one of the best episodes by far of, uh, of, of the office. And so they're doing that. That's what I see. Nobody's doing anything constructive. Everybody's just yelling around with their, their hands up. They're like breaking things. Nobody's working in concert. They're not trying to solve problems they're not trying to do anything that's panic right and i made the i made the analogy as well is that if you're an airline pilot and you lose an engine um if you're up there just pressing buttons and panicking and doing everything well then you kill everybody on the plane the galaxy don't want to kill everybody on the plane you go back to your training you focus more you you focus in on what you have to do and you go about it so the last thing you should want is the la galaxy to be panicking and the last thing quite honestly you should want is greg vanny sitting there throwing his hands up like gbs had done many times which is i have no idea what's wrong i don't i don't know what's wrong this is ridiculous put the stats up there which the stats. which stats would you like to go i have like about the game of, the game stats right? i i have i have a whole bunch of them so i know these See, now are, that's like all totally blurry on my screen so but I, so I six, almost numbers yeah, anyway 60 to 40 percent on the possession all right? right galaxy 14 to 12 on shots uh, Galaxy seven to five shots on goal. Um, if you're looking at total passes, Galaxy five hundred and nineteen to three forty seven. Passing Look accuracy. At the corner, corner kicks. Corner kicks ten to four in favor of the LA Galaxy. Passing accuracy ninety percent. The reason I wanted to put that, that up is because it, in some ways it seems a little counterintuitive, but I've talked to a number of coaches. Jill Ellis was one that 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 talked about this a lot. Um, Pia Sunhaga talked about it a lot too when she was the women's national team coach. And you talk about panicking. Coaches say when I get worried is when we're not creating chances. And again, it's counterintuitive because if you're a fan and you see the team take all those shots and have all that possession and don't score, you think, what What are you doing? You're wasting those opportunities. Yes, they are, but at least they're creating them. And, and then at that point, all you have to do is work on finishing. That's a much easier task than you, if you have to work on possession and then creating and then passing correctly and then getting into into position to score all they have to work on now is the finishing they're creating those opportunities uh, and a lot of coaches tell me that 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 is a good sign not a bad sign you you got a message from somebody taking issue with this no i mean it's not even that it's just uh john in the in the chat room uh says uh that he's on his way back from uh from austin and currently on the flight back from austin is listening to us and he's saying not the thing he wants to hear while he's on flight back from austin <laughs> i'm talking don't worry john your pilots are very well trained they will well, not no ask 
ask his airline first. Yeah, he might be on Sun Country like the Galaxy. No, he's on Southwest. He's good. Okay, um, so, all right. So John says Southwest. They're fine. They're they're well. They're well. Um, they're well. I don't know. They're well trained. Everybody's good there. You're in you're good hands. If there is a flight attendant, short little blonde girl, and her first name is Lauren, that's probably my ex wife. Treat her nicely. She's a wonderful woman. Um, but so. I want to know if John's in the first, the only first class seat on those Southwest planes, which is the one which the is exit the row with exit the no, with no the seat ex- in front. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everybody knows my that favorite all time seat. Yeah, it's a good one, except that you're too far back in the plane. You can't get off fast then, Kevin. I like to be out. First five rows, get me gone. I don't need to be sitting no, here waiting. I'll take, the, I'll take the leg space and the peanuts. <sighs> but no, I mean, there's something about this. Now, now let me be clear because I know that um, that I have a tendency to be very level-headed about this. And I know that people would like to be here and, and would like to be venting and angry and all these other things. I think you have every reason to be disappointed in the way the Galaxy have played, especially in the last couple of games. Um, but the Galaxy are not a perfect team. And they're flawed. And their biggest flaw right now is that they can't beat teams that bunker in. And they're just, they're they're not as well acquainted with each other to know how to do that and to know where everybody is. They're, they're a counterattacking team, as you've said many times. They are. And, and they proved it once again because look at them. They couldn't score any goals. But look how many chances they had at the beginning of this stuff. Um, well, go to the stat you had about scoring first because Greg Vanny talked about that. I don't know if you have the sound on that. He talked about how it'd be great to score a goal first and then we don't have to chase the game, Yeah, which is exactly what you're talking about. That means they score first, the other team can't bunker in. It, it's become a formula, a very successful one for teams to play in a game to score first and then bunker and take the Galaxy out of their game. And it's worked if you look at the, the, the record. And the interesting thing about the record when they score first as opposed to when they don't score first is that's home away neutral site everything it 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 is the way they play the game not where they play the game yeah it, it absolutely is dependent on that not only that but the goal differences are gigantic kevin so whenever you look at goals for whenever they score first they are uh, they score they score 28 goals whenever they scored first to 15 goals so almost two to one they outscore their opponent whenever they score the first goal and whenever they allow the first goal not only a record of one eight and three now but they have scored just nine goals to 27 so outscored three to one whenever they um allow the first goal it's such a stupid, important thing, and it's it, it's such a, a an easy thing to say, well, just score first. And the thing I will say about this is that if you look at the Galaxy and you look at what they have been doing um, in the beginnings of these games, Kevin, we have seen it multiple times, so many times, as a matter of fact, where the Galaxy have not come out with any energy, right? And so they sit there and they're almost like, well, go ahead, you know, go ahead, you can, you can take the ball, go ahead, go ahead and score, and then we'll try to chase you down. And so if you were a team that is so dependent and so lopsided um, whenever you score first, so it's so important to you, you need to come out with your hair on fire. I thought that they did that better against Austin than they have. I mean, Chicharito missed two good chances in this game. Uh, Vasquez had a couple good chances. Cabral had, I actually think, one of the better chances. Um, Chicharito had one of the highest XG chances as well. Um, so it's it's one of those things you look at and you say, okay, um, you know, it's super important that the galaxy score these chances. And in the Austin game, unlike some of the other games, even against Minnesota, you didn't see the chances. You didn't see the missed chances against Minnesota as much. This game had chances. Um, and whenever I talked to Greg Vanny after the, after the, the game, I asked him, you know, sort of about thing. He talked about execution. That was his big thing. He said, listen, I was happy with the possession. I was happy with the passing. He thought that for one of the first times in recent 
memory, Kevin, is that he thought that there wasn't possession for possession's sake, that the galaxy were trying to move people around and were having success doing that. It was just the final ball and the final shot that was that was not happening, right? Look at what the galaxy did in the second minute whenever they got Victor Vasquez to flick the ball forward to Chicharito and Chicharito tried to toe poke it in. Um, I would say that, you know, seven times out of 10, eight times out of 10, Chicharito puts that in the back of the goal. The guy is not in the same form. And Greg even said, he goes, listen, he goes, you can't expect him to come back and just suddenly start scoring goals again. He has to work back into this and get comfortable and really sort of put it together again. So I understand that. Um, but when you look at the lineup as well, I mean, are we sitting here and saying that, you know, supposedly this was a four, four, two, it was not a four, four, two, uh, Victor Vasquez played a free role, um, in this and was able to go basically anywhere he wanted. So Cabral actually ended up being more of a forward than Victor Vasquez, but Vasquez was able to go anywhere he wanted. So I thought Vasquez and Chicharito, I thought that was a good way to get Cabral on Ravelison, Dos Santos, Leggett. Uh, the thing that I think people are maybe questioning a little bit is you have two defensive midfielders in this, right? Um, and so with Ravellison and Jonathan Dos Santos, you're saying, well, no wonder you couldn't score. You had two defensive midfielders, but you had Vasquez in there who was playing more of that, that number 10 role, that, that, that cam role. And so he's there to be able to provide and offset the two defensive midfielders. Um, Viafania started and had to come out. He had a hyperextended knee. He was replaced at halftime. And quite honestly, that cost the LA Galaxy because Nico Hamelin certainly uh, had some problems on the outside with uh, Diego Fagundes coming at him. And I think, thought Viafania did a much better job with that. Um, Stares and Koulibaly and Araujo back there. Jonathan Bond back in goal for the first time. Should mention Sebastian Legette's 150th regular season appearance. We talked to him about that Yay. before the game. Um, that's good. So, you know, again, you look at these things and I sit there and go, tell I go, you can complain about them not scoring goals. And I think you should. And it, you can't lose to the Western Conference basement dweller, right? You can't lose to the team three times. Yeah, that that has helped that is holding up the rest of the conference whenever you do that. You can't do that. It's it's that's why it's unacceptable. Now, you could get a draw out of that and you would have been a disappointing draw, but you would have got a point would have helped you move forward. Things would have been a little bit better. Um, but you can't go there and just get blanked. And so for me, I can see the frustration building for the galaxy. People are trying to say, Kevin, do you think it's a lack of leadership um, on the no, field, no, it, off the field? It's really funny because you mentioned the, if they, they would have got a draw, it would have been a disappointing draw, but it was a point. Um, I remember saying to the lovely and talented Mrs. Panda when it was one nothing, I said, oh, man, this is really disappointing. The galaxy needs to at least get a point. If they don't get a point, even that's going to be disappointing. But if they don't get a point, it's going to be terrible. And then the second goal was scored. And she goes, well, what do you do now? <laughs> yeah. um, sort of the whole thing about why coaches say, you know, this is not a, a must-win game. But I think what you were just talking about kind of makes my my point uh, in that, it, yeah, Chicharito, it, it, you know, his shot wasn't where he wanted to, 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 to put it. But he, he got the shot. They got a lot of opportunities. They just didn't finish. And Greg is absolutely right. It's the execution. They got the ball right where they wanted to, and then they just didn't finish. And again, that's a much easier problem to diagnose than to go back and say, okay, we got to learn how to pass the ball forward. We have to learn how to get the ball mm -hmm. through the midfield. I, I think they did a lot of that. They just weren't able to finish. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, you know, the other part about that is, and, and Greg talked about as well, you're not getting the supplemental goals, right? The supplemental goals are go goals coming from guys like Ravellison, like Sasha Kleshin, like Victor Vasquez. But by the way, before we – Ravellison, don't you think – I my personal feeling is it seems like Ravellison and Atari have – really regressed a little bit. They were so good when they got here. Well, I, first of all, I think that if you thought that Ravellison was going to come in and score all the goals that he was supposed to score, that even Greg Vanny was like, yeah, we're surprised that he was doing that. So I don't expect him to continue to do that. 
Um, and so, you know, there's there's something there's something about that that he's supposed to be more of a solid pinpoint. I, I will tell you this. I think Revelison being paired with Jonathan Dos Santos is not a good pairing for him. And, you know, I'm starting to wonder, and I think it's a fair wonder, um, whether or not the the um the galaxy um have to pair them together at all. I thought as much as we've been pounding on Jonathan Dos Santos throughout this season, and I think it's warranted, by the way, I think that he has been missing in action for most of this year whenever it comes to um, all sorts of uh, of different things uh, that he's supposed to be doing. He was injured for a while. He comes back. He seems to disappear in games. I will have to say that I thought him playing against Austin was actually one of his better games. I thought he played well. Um, I thought defensively. Listen, the defense is what the defense is. Okay, I'm I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the defense is amazing. It's not. But you can't ask that defense to be perfect either, Kevin. Right. You can't ask them to, to pitch shutouts all the time. They're not going to be able to do it, especially with this team that likes to cheat forward, that likes to go forward. I mean, Sega Koulibaly thinks that he's, you know, loves to dribble down the middle of the field all the time. Um, I think you're right. I think Revelison has, has regressed a little bit. Um, but again, I would look at personnel pairings with that as well. For me. Jonathan Dos Santos seems to be playing himself and and seems to have already played himself out of any sort of contract extension or anything else for next year. Um, I think he knows it. And I think that there's not not the same level of intensity maybe that you'd expect for him. Um, you know, him being the captain, maybe that's a problem, Kevin. Maybe it's not. I don't I don't think it is because I think he's a professional. And, you know, we talked about leadership. Victor Vasquez, Sasha Kleshton, Chicharito, Dan Steres, Jonathan Dos Santos. I mean, there are plenty of Sebastian Legette. I wanted to put him on there as well. There are plenty of leaders on this team to lead this team. Um, the guy wearing the armband, you would hope can do that as well. And I think he can, but you're getting the last drops of Jonathan Dos Santos right now. It doesn't feel like you're, you're getting, you're getting anything more than that. And I don't know what you can expect. Having said that, I thought he played better. Um, I thought he played a good game yesterday. I, I thought he w- I thought this was one of his better games. He had an assist that Chicharito should have buried. It was the highest XG percentage uh, shot out of all of them. It came in the second half. It would have given the LA Galaxy a goal. He was wide open. It was a good run. Everything was perfect. And Chicha, I mean, listen, he didn't flub the header, but he didn't hit it in the best spot. Um, was that the diving header that went yeah. right at the keeper? Yeah, that one. And then he had the one in the second minute, like I said, that he also had there. So he had two relatively good shots that you would expect him to make on a lot of those. I, I, Kevin Cabral, I mean, you know, there's a big argument between Kevin Cabral and Sam Grancier and who you start and who comes off the bench and blah, 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 all this other stuff. I'll say for as many chances I think as Cabral gets and doesn't convert, Grancier somehow seems to get chances but also doesn't convert. So I'm not really sure which of those guys you want to start and which of those guys you want to come off the bench. And for me, Grancier coming off the bench is a huge change of pace whenever he comes on. Now, I like Cabral in that position too. bring him off the bench and let him go because he's got sort of this smooth pace and you're running against tired legs, fresh legs, tired legs. I like that change as well. Um, I'm scratching my head though, Kevin, because if you're going into this game, right, and the LA Galaxy goes 0-0 at halftime, I thought that they controlled the danger for the most part. Um, the the new striker for Austin is uh, Jite. Um, I thought he was really good in that first half of just holding up play and releasing pressure and doing some different things, but I didn't think he was necessarily that dangerous. He had the one run where he made it all the way down the field, that type of thing. Um, and then he scored that goal, um, coming up in the, in that second half. And that, you know, again, we've talked about it. Once the LA galaxy give up a goal, they can't counterattack anymore. They're not very well at, um, they're not good at creating and dissecting defenses. Austin's like, we can, we can just suck back now and play counterattack. And the galaxy, because they like to cheat forward, will give teams chances to counterattack. Um, so I didn't have a problem with, um, 
with how the Galaxy were playing up until that point. And I thought for sure a goal was coming, seeing the chances that were created. Uh, for Cabral, and here's the big thing for me with Cabral, um, and two things. One is going to be the Jovalich sub. Uh, if you're going to yeah, bring Jovalich... too late. Yeah. I think Jovalich should have started, frankly. I mean, you could. What happens if you start Jovalich, though? You're going to start Jovalich and Chicharito. So you're going to put one of the guys who's in the midfield on the bench. So who are you going to put on the bench? In... in you're going to have one to of, one of the, one of the two defensive midfielders. Again, why okay. do we need two of those? Right. So you're going to put Jonathan Dos Santos on the bench, right? And probably, so probably, I mean, that's what I would do if, I, if we're being realistic. But again, I thought Jonathan Dos Santos created some chances. Um, and so I would, I would have seen that. And I think I like legit on the wing. I don't hate that. I think that he is a good presence on here. I know everybody wants to go after Sebastian legit for some reason. I've seen him have a very workmanlike season. It's nothing flashy. I'm sure you'd want him to be better. All those things are, are sort of there, but at the same time, you can see the galaxy are struggling to, to finish these chances. And Sebastian Legit is that guy who sort of puts the ball in to allow people to finish things. Well, you look at the way he plays with the national team and the way he plays here. And uh, the two Gregs use him in, in different roles. And I think Greg Berhalter is getting, having more success with, with Sebastian Legit. And that's not meant to be a criticism of Greg Vanny. They have different personnel and they play different styles. So, Legit has to fill different roles. I think he's much more effective, or at least much more noticeable, uh, when he plays for the national team. Um, yeah, I thought Taylor Trollman made another good point when he talked about the difference between Grand Sear and and Cabral too. Or Cabral's kind of a one-trick pony. It's his pace. That's his big. Uh, that's his big tool. Um, and, and as you mentioned, maybe it's better to have him come off the bench with that pace because he, then he's doubly fast against tired legs. Uh, Cabral can do, or rather, uh, Grand Sear can do a lot of other things, but. Uh, you know, he's a good ball handler. He, he, he can, he, you know, he play, maybe tracks back a little bit better on defense. He does a lot of different things. Um, one of the things that's interesting, though, is uh, Greg Vanny's used 29 players this year. And we know about the injuries, international duty, guys coming in. Remember, Revelison, um, um, Jovalik, um, Atari, a lot of these guys were not here at the beginning of the season. You know, only 11 players have played more than half the available minutes this year. Right. So that means... 18 guys have not played even half the season. That means different combinations, different lineups. Uh, chemistry is still developing. We, you know, there's you say there's eight games left in the season. That doesn't sound like much, but it's a quarter of the season, basically. And the Galaxy are still trying to find an identity. And that's probably not where you want to be with a month left in the season. I, I just, you know, to, to me, the, the biggest thing that we saw in this game for me was a midfield that was not you know, commanding and against the last place team in the Western conference, you would expect them to be commanding. I would expect Revelison to play a little bit better against an Austin team. I would expect Jonathan Dos Santos to play better, even though he had one of his games. I still expected that to be a little bit better. I want to see that legit. I want to see a little bit better. I will tell you this about Cabral. And I know lots of people are, are all over him and want to see him go to the bench. That's fine. He can come off the bench. I'm not going to sit there and argue. I don't, it's, it's not, I don't have a dog in that fight at all. Um, but what I will say is that I thought Cabral played his most physical game out of any of the games. So if we're looking at the steps that Cabral has taken throughout this season, um, I think you're seeing a lot of positive steps. I think you're starting to see him develop a little bit because he took a couple shoulder charges in here where he knocked people to the ground. And if you remember whenever he first started, Kevin, somebody would breathe on him and he'd go flying in the other direction. Um, so he's starting to understand. Well, maybe, they had, maybe they had bad breath. They could have. They could have. Give absolutely. That. Give them that. Um, you know, it's 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 one of those it's one of those fun things. By the way, uh, Aaron gave us a five dollar super chat. Says, uh, "Here's a super chat because I'm saving money since I won't have to buy any home playoff game tickets." Oh, Aaron's given up already. I mean, 
Uh, I, I understand that. I understand the sentiment. I understand it was sort of one of those things. Um, well, go back to the standings again, because he he there's a, he's he's onto something there. When you look at where the Galaxy are, they're below the line now, which means they would play Portland if the playoffs open they're, tomorrow. They're below, they're below the home playoff line. Right, right. That's what I mean. Yeah. So they would play Portland on turf, place where they're not played well. Um, you know, if Salt Lake City moves up, which I don't think they will, but or if Colorado moves down, then they go to altitude. So, um, you know, if they stay below that line, if they stay, uh, you know, outside the top four, they are going to open on the road. And the places where they're likely to open, Minnesota, terrible field, will be freezing in November, Salt Lake altitude, Colorado altitude, Portland turf. It gets tough. I, I do think that they need to to uh, uh, to finish in the top four and get that home field advantage. You know, getting to the playoffs, again, more than half the teams make it. Getting to the playoffs is not the big whoop that it probably but, but, should be. But it is but for I, the Galaxy this year. Though. No, it, it, it is. It, I mean, I'm not saying don't make the playoffs, but right. you make the playoffs, and then I think it's important to have a decent run. The Galaxy did that in 2019. I thought that was a decent run. They went to Minnesota. They won. They played a really good game against LAFC at home. That was a decent playoff run. If you look at, for example, LAFC last year, they make the playoffs barely. They go up to Seattle and they get blown out. Was that a decent, you know, was, was that a, a worthy season? No, but, probably not. But but I mean, are, are we going to sit here and and parse is like, oh, well, you know, getting to the playoffs and being knocked out in the first round is just as good as not making the playoffs? No, making the no, playoffs no. is a step you should be taking. Right. And you and once you get there, then you have a chance to put some magic together and do some things. Um, but it, I, I guess my point is making the playoffs is not the beat all and end all. Uh, it, it, once you get there, it would be nice to do something. By the way, Larry, Larry uh, Morgan, not on Twitter, did not send any money into any super chat or anything. But he did text me and say, in, in his opinion, the Galaxy are playing not to lose rather than playing to win. And he thinks there's a difference in that. There is a difference in that. Um I don't know. I think, you know, again, I'll, I'll listen to what Greg is saying and, and I'll take that with a grain of salt. I, again, I think you should take some real criticism for the Dion Jovalich sub. Uh, 80th minute is whenever they brought in Dion, already down to nothing. The Galaxy at that point are, are what? They're trying to scramble the last 10 minutes. Like, I mean, realistically, what are you saving Dion for if you're not going to say that he's starting against RSL and Chicharito's coming off the bench? I fully believe that based on what we've seen from the lineup and how it's going, that Dion's going to start against... RSL on Wednesday night and that Chicharito is going to come off the bench in that one. Now, having said that, um, Dayon's a young kid. He has plenty, unless there's an injury we don't know about. And I don't think we, we, we have heard anything. In fact, I know we haven't heard anything. Um, unless there's an injury, uh, that we know about, there's no reason that Dayon can't play 45 minutes and 45 minutes. Now, I don't think you needed to bring him on to start the second half. I think that the galaxy were in a position to still be controlling that game in the second half, but he should have made it with 25 minutes to go 30 minutes to go. You can't tell me Dayon can't play 30 minutes tonight well, and, and 90 minutes on Wednesday. When was the second goal? It was like 78 minutes, right? It was like 78 minutes. So he came yeah, on I, I after think, that, that but second I think, goal. I think, I think he was at the scores table before the goal. I think he was supposed to come on before the goal. I don't know that for a fact because right. 79th minute, there. 79th minute was whenever yeah, gains. So I scored. think he was, I think he was supposed to come on when it was one to nothing. And then the goal happened and, and uh, Vanny went ahead with the substitution. I see another good thing about Cabral, though, is I love his hair. It's really cool. I mean, he's got, hey, he's, he's got the best hair in the league. If he can start scoring, his style will be outstanding. But that's a yeah. big if right now, Kevin. I don't, I mean, you know, and, and I think that he missed one of the best shots of the night or best chances the Galaxy had. It won't show up great on XG, but he got a ball on the inside, left-hand side of the, the box, was able to stop, cut it back on his right-hand foot, 
um, on his right side foot and kick the ball. Now, if he's feeling confident, he puts that ball outside the post and he tries to hook that back in because if you're feeling confident, that's the shot everybody's waiting for because you know the goalkeeper has the angle. So the only place really that you can take it is outside that post and curl it back in. By the way, it's like a bread and butter shot. That's one of those shots you have to have. And what do you see from him instead is that, you know, he hits the ball right to to, to Stuver, the uh, the goalkeeper. So, um, you know, I... I look at the stats. I can understand where Greg Vanny is coming from. Here's and and this is where we have to divorce. You know, if you want to talk about how the LA Galaxy played in this game, then you have to say that they had some chances. They blew those chances, and because they blew those chances, they put themselves in a position to lose this game, and they did lose the game. Uh, the fact that they weren't able to score certainly kept them from getting any points. I know that's an obvious thing, but you, I mean, you still didn't score a goal. There's no goal was had against you know, a defense that is as bad as your defense. We talked about that on the lead up on Thursday night. That was not a good defense. Um, I will say, I think Austin got better now that they have that number nine. Um, Jite, I, th- I thought he played well and I think they're going to do well with him. Um, and then they got the young Austinite, the guy, the kid from Austin, the very first player from Austin to score in Austin. Uh, that was kind of fun to watch too. If you weren't already, you know, crying in your beer because the galaxy were losing two to nothing at that point. Um, so all of those things, I, I can see that, but here's where you have to be realistic as well is, hey, Greg Vanny, you didn't get three points. Um, you didn't get one point. You got blanked on uh, at a game where three points was a very real possibility, and most teams in Major League Soccer were able to do that. So if this isn't a regression, and I've asked Greg and sort of said, are we seeing a regression? What's the difference? I actually had to go and 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 clarify things with him after this game because I just want to make sure that I understood sort of his positioning on this stuff. He's saying that the only difference right now between the first 10 games and these last, you know, seven games is that the LA Galaxy were executing on the offensive side. That whenever they execute, they score goals. And whenever they score goals, they can win games. And the stats prove that to be true. Even if it's a simplified version of that, we we understand that. But but the corollary to, to Greg's talk about... Um, you know, we're making progress. We're we're getting chances. We're attacking. We're 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 building up some some good. You know, we're we're winning the statistical battles. The corollary to that then is the player saying, "But we're not being rewarded for that. We have two goals in the entire month of September. We're, we're winless going back to August 17th." Yeah, that's great, Greg. That's great that we have possession. That we're getting all these shots, and Chicharito has you know, three chances that you can't put away. That's great, but we're not being rewarded and we're getting frustrated. You tell us we're doing everything right or we're doing most things right. And now we need to learn to finish. That's fine. But for the players, I mean, they're trudged back on that plane. They got to fly to Salt Lake. Um, you know, they haven't won a game this month. Uh, they, again, they've only scored two goals. They just lost to, to a last place team for the third time in two months. Um, at some point that begins to wear a little bit on you. It and, has to. And, and that's where that that statistic about how poorly they fare when they give up the first goal. Let's say they go to Real Salt Lake and, and there's some colossal mistake in the first five minutes, an own goal, whatever it is, a freak goal. And it's they're one done. nothing. They're done. Exactly. The mentality and, and, can't handle it, right? I mean, because they're, it, they're because too fragile they, right now. Exactly. Yes, yes, you're right again. For the second time in consecutive weeks, you've said something right. <laughs> I just have to cut you off in order to in order. No, you're right. And they are fragile. I think it was important. Jonathan Dos Santos said afterwards. And again, you can always find and I do my best to try to do this. I think I missed one all year is the full media call afterwards. Um, you can you can check that out and listen to Jonathan Dos Santos. And Greg Vanny said it, too, in, in a way, I think J- JDS was a little bit more blunt with it, though, Kevin. He was like, we need a win. We need a win. However, it happens. One win will get us on track because we think he's we're right. Playing, yeah, he's like, we think we're playing OK. 
Um, so it, it's one of those things. By the way, E Super says, how long was GBS's longest losing streak? Oh, man, I love it whenever people ask me things that I know the it answers a, to. It was a lot. So in 2020, the longest losing streak for the LA Galaxy was six. Now, is this losses this or This is losses. Okay. So I can't track winless. There's too many things for me to no, try to That's look right. At. That was a, that equaled the second worst in history. Yeah, it I is, yeah, because 06 was when they lost seven in a row. As of That was right like now, September, October, right before he got fired. Yeah, and by the way, these are single-season losing streaks. I will never try to track it between seasons because you all can figure that out on your own. But anyway, looking at this, um, the LA Galaxy this year have only lost two games in a row. That's it. Um, they're in danger of having their longest losing streak. They've tied it right now with two games. Uh, I think they've only done that one other time, though, Kevin, whenever you look at it. So they've only lost back-to-back games twice this year look at those statistics during the bruce years that's amazing and they never lost more than three in a row and they only did that once and in the two of the the mls cup years they only lost they never lost more than one in a row that that's freaky well and so by the way the chat room is bringing up a great point so anyway i want let me finish this and i'll go back to the chat room so it's only two the la galaxy are winless in seven but they've only lost two games in a row during this this stretch so the losing streak has only been two games so technically speaking not even monumental on any sort of scale now if they do then this will be the you know they could lose three in a row um and then that would be a first uh coming up in that but they're, they're talking in the chat room, basically, and we talked about it, the counterattacking team versus the possession team. Here's where that changes. Um, and it changes when the Galaxy are able to create and manufacture a goal and score first, right? That's not necessarily a counterattack that will make them um, score that goal. As a matter of fact, usually um, teams allow the Galaxy to have possession because they know the counterattacking ability of the Galaxy is better than sort of their buildup play. But here's how you can change that. Um you can change that by building up and scoring a goal. Um, and if you do that, now that puts the other team on that foot. And now all of a sudden there's, they have to play the counterattack game um, and the ga- or the galaxy get to play the counterattack game, which they're better at and it falls into their hands. So build up play is going to be important. And if you want to change what all the teams have figured out, what I figured out, what, you know, everybody was talking about the broadcast last night, all of those other things. Um, if you want to change this, then start building up and scoring a goal. And the galaxy can get in very close to doing that multiple times against Austin. So let's take the most optimistic view of the galaxy here. Kevin is that they were inches away from, from breaking this sort of streak and being this, this, this team that we expect them to be. Um, and they didn't get it done. And now they have to go against RSL, um, a team that is very on and off. Kevin, I thought you and I were talking and you said, you don't know that you're a believer in them. And I can sort of see that, but you know, they did just beat Seattle not too long ago. So there's a bunch of things that we can sort of look at in between and say RSL is going to be a very difficult place to play. And we know that that's the case as well. Let me finish up with some um, some Austin stuff. Uh, There was a lot of angst and and rightfully so, Kevin, the angst uh, with Victor Vass or or with Galaxy players not saying thank you to the traveling cohort um, after the after the game. So um, certainly some people, I think there was some video of Jonathan Dos Santos clapping towards the away fans, but the team as a whole didn't come over and greet that. They were upset, so they left. Um, We always know that that's not a good thing to do to a fan group that traveled as far as they did with as many people as they did. Um, And so they're rightfully on social media getting the the, the crap that they deserve uh, on this. Victor Vasquez posted a picture um, and an Instagram post and just said, you know, first of all, apologize to everyone who made the trip to Austin and to all the supporters that are behind us. Every day we tried once more everything, but we didn't get what we wanted. There is no time to regret. We have another final on Wednesday and we need everyone in capital letters to turn this around 
G's up. So um, a little bit of, of frustration seeing on the on the galaxy and, and on the field and, and how things are going. And now we know that the galaxy trained in Austin um, this morning. Uh, and then they, they took got that big Sun Country Airlines flight, Sun Country Airlines, so their, their charter flight there. And they got to uh, leave Austin and head towards Real Salt Lake. We know they're in RSL um, and they'll train, I think, tomorrow uh, just to walk through in the morning, that type of thing. And then the galaxy will, of course, take on RSL on Wednesday night. So um, there's a, you know, there's a lot of work to do, but at the same time, I think if you, again, if you want to take the most optimistic approach is that perhaps, and Greg Vanny saw it and don't trust me, trust a coach. And this is a coach that I think Kevin will be given time, but Greg Vanny saw this. He thinks that they're close. Um, and I think if you go back and listen to his post game with, a little bit more Zen than maybe you were listening to this morning or last night or something like that. You can pick some little nuggets from what he's trying to say about how they played. Um, it, you, you can't, you can't go in and ever be happy with this loss. I, I don't want to excuse that because there was plenty of ways for the galaxy to win this game and they didn't. Um, so it, it's, it's like this half one again, divorcing the results from the gameplay. Yes. Maybe you can feel a little positive, but on the results side, Kevin galaxy are only five points from dropping out of the playoffs. It's not that hard to see them out of the playoffs. If they continue to lose games like they are continue not getting wins because they need a couple wins. A couple wins would cement them into the playoffs. Um, but a couple of wins in well-placed wins and all of a sudden the LA galaxy are, are back where they're supposed to be. And I think everybody can breathe a little bit. But, you know, you talk about that two-game losing streak, and that's the longest of the season. But remember, in the seven-game winless streak, they've had two two-game losing streaks. They started with two. Now yep. they're losing two. Yep. So when you look back to those Bruce years when they lost one in a row, that was the worst they ever did. That's amazing. But in this seven-game uh, winless streak, they've only gotten three points. Yes. That's three out of 21 points. Yep. And and, and they've only fallen in that period. They've only fallen a couple of spots in the standings. They're still – right at the line of having a home playoff berth. I mean, that's the good news is that you can be that bad for that length of time and still be in the hunt. Hey, you, you want to play some, some LA galaxy bingo here. Uh, I went through and looked at the Western conference, um, you know, just to sort of, again, prove that the LA galaxy are not the team, not the best team. Right. And we know that I don't, I don't want to set unrealistic expectations for them. What happened at the beginning of the year was actually pretty historic to start the year in terms of how quickly they started and sort of where they are. There was one of the best starts in, in, in team history, but also similar to 2019. This is matched 2019 very well. Unfortunately, I think for the LA galaxy, but in 2019, the LA galaxy made the playoffs. They beat Minnesota. Things were a little bit better. You're taking steps forward there. Um, but if you are sitting here and you want to play some LA Galaxy bingo, uh, I will tell you that in a year where we thought perhaps the LA Galaxy were better than they were, the Galaxy have now lost to every team in the Western Conference save three. So there's only three teams the LA Galaxy have. two of them they play this week. And, and two of them come up this week. So you have, uh, they have not yet lost to Real Salt Lake. They have they not yet. Them. Yeah, yeah, they drew them and they beat them. Um, uh, LAFC, they drew them and they beat them. They drew them and they beat them. Um, and then Houston, they drew them. Um, at home, right? I think that was, I think that's what they did. I'm, I'm yes, pretty sure. So, yeah. so, and they still have to go to Houston to play a game, um, which will be different. So out of the 13 teams, the LA galaxy ha have in the Western conference, the other teams, the only teams that ha they haven't lost to are real salt Lake, LAFC and Houston. Um, and they drew all three. So that means they have given up. They have conceded points to all 12 te conference teams. They've played. 
They have. Now, um, it was funny. We were talking in the Discord today, and they're like, you know, everybody plays the same schedule, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, actually, not. I mean, not everybody plays the same schedule. I go, as a matter of fact, I can guarantee you the LA Galaxy have played a more difficult schedule than Seattle. And they said, no, everybody gets the same. And listen, there's some mixes and matches in there. I'll even give them that, that for the most part, it's as balanced as it can be within the conference. It's not, but it's close enough. But you know why the LA Galaxy play a more difficult schedule than Seattle? Because they're not as good as Seattle. Seattle plays a lot of games where they are the better team, right? The LA Galaxy don't play as many games where they're the better team. So if you want to be good, you should try to be the better team. That's right. Then you will have an easier schedule. This this is... Wow. I know. But it it makes sense too, right? Because some of these guys, because some of these teams are better than other teams, right? If you're Austin, you have one of the toughest schedules in all the Western Conference because every week you're playing somebody who's better than you. Nick Saban has a really easy schedule up there at Alabama. Yep, yep. Exactly. Exactly. They see now you're starting to get it. There there are these differences. There are these things. But it's like you look at New England, what New England's doing over in the Eastern Conference. Guess what? Super easy schedule for them, right? Not only are they the best team in the conference, certainly the points say that maybe they're the second best team. I still argue Nashville might be better than New England, but, you know, Eastern Conference is Eastern Conference. Um, but not only that, but they do play in the weaker conference as well. So New England has, you know, would New England still be winning the supporter shield if they're in the Western Conference? I'll tell you this, it'd be a lot closer than it is. Um, right now. So um, all of those things can sort of can sort of matter. Um, That's why there's going to be a big asterisk. If Bruce does this and sets the record, he deserves all the accolades he gets. But there's going to be a huge asterisk. Didn't play Seattle. Didn't play Colorado. Didn't play Sporting Kansas City. Didn't play LAFC. Didn't play it, Galaxy. This is why this is why I am in favor of having two supporter shields, one for the Western Conference and one for the Eastern Conference. Even then, it's not a balanced schedule. And even then, I will argue and say it's not a balanced schedule. But it means more if, okay, I won the Eastern Conference and, and Seattle won the Western Conference. By the way, if you watch the Seattle Sporting Kansas City game, uh, I thought Seattle was head and shoulders better than Sporting Kansas City, which leads me to believe that there are three or four good teams in all of Major League Soccer, Seattle, Sporting Kansas City, and they're at the lower end of that. Um, Nashville and New England, to me, are the are the ones that that are, are sort of there. So um, that's what I see whenever I see this. We're never going to have a balanced schedule here. The, the country, I mean, it's easy to do it in England where everybody in the Premier League plays everyone else home and away. It's perfect. It's balanced. Everything's fair. That's the best way to do it. This is a continent-sized country. We have, we're going to have 30 teams in, in a couple of years. Um, you can't have 60 games uh, in the season. That's just not going to happen. So they're just going to have, it's almost like you just have to, what's the best of the worst alternatives that we have? What's the best worst alternative? Yeah, I, I know. Well, I mean, the best, all the best worst alternative is get rid of a supporter shield and not make it a thing because it's not a thing. Um, and, and, well, and, and then the other thing is, is, is again, a continent sized country. If you're, Chicago or Kansas City, I mean, I think you have a built-in advantage. Yes, every road trip is two hours, but every road trip is two hours. If you're uh, if you're flying from Seattle to play Miami, I mean, you know, yeah, uh, it's it's a long it's ways. a long trip. Yeah, it's like Vancouver always has three, as three Montreal, times around, yeah. Montreal always has. And the long other thing with Vancouver, it's just it's an airport where it's very difficult. Believe it or not, it's an international airport. It's very difficult to get direct flights. Uh, you know, anywhere other than Seattle or Portland. Hey, that's why the charters seem to be working. Let's see if that ever goes away. We'll, uh, we'll take a look at it. Um, one of the things obviously we keep an eye on is the points, uh, through 26 games, the LA galaxy at 38 points through 26 games and have been stuck there for a little while. 2019 had 41 points. So one more win 
along this course for 2019. So uh, a little break closer now to 2018, which was 37 points through 26 games. And remember that 2018 uh, game or 2018 season came down to a game against the Houston Dynamo in which the LA Galaxy were leading, what, 2 nothing at halftime, I believe? Uh, yep. and, and lost that game. Uh, that was when Dominic Kinnear was uh, was taken over. So that's something to Ola, keep an eye on. Ola Kamara scored in that game. Ola Kamara, um, who is now, is he the golden boot leader right now for yes, DC United? Yes, he is. Yes, yes he, he is. is. Um, if you look at the average points and where the LA Galaxy are for points per game, now at 1.46, the average overall across all their seasons is 1.51. Uh, that would, of course, lead you to believe that the LA Galaxy are slightly underperforming their average over those 26 years, which would be accurate. I, I, I think if you're looking at 2019 and the 1.50 range is right around where you're going to see the LA Galaxy finish. 1.50, 1.55, somewhere in there. 2018 was 1.41. So if you're looking at recent uh, uh, seasons to sort of mirror this again, 2018, 2019 sort of seem those seasons as everything's wrapping up eight games left. We've talked about that, showed you a little bit of schedule while we were talking about some other things, but the LA galaxy, uh, coming up RSL 6 30 PM on Wednesday night, then they will travel home. They of course have Landon Donovan day where his statue will be unveiled in legends Plaza 10, three, October 3rd. That's a Sunday game, 5 PM against LAFC, the final El Trafico. Again, the LA galaxy haven't lost LAFC this year. Haven't lost to Real Salt Lake this year. Uh, then the Galaxy will host the Portland Timbers on 10-16. That's an important After, game. And, and there's an international break in there for there, uh, World Cup qualifying. There is 13 days off for the LA Galaxy in between those. Um, and then you have Houston away, which is one of the teams the LA Galaxy haven't lost to yet. Um, so that'll be an important game. So there are winnable games in here. I actually expect the LA Galaxy to beat LAFC. I expect at home the LA Galaxy to beat Portland. Um, I think the Galaxy will put up quite a showing whenever they go to Houston. So, you know, sporting Kansas City, no. But we both, we, we saw this at the beginning of the year. If the LA Galaxy are, have found some sort of rhythm because they won some games in here, Kevin, if you're looking at the sporting Kansas City game, one of the best games the LA Galaxy played without Chicharito, by the way, was against Sporting Kansas City. They had Sporting Kansas City on the ropes for most of that game and ended up losing it 2-1. Same thing when Seattle came to the to uh, Dignity Hell Sports Park. One of the better games the LA Galaxy played. They ended up losing that game, but they were still well within that game. So we talk so much about the LA Galaxy to... Um, playing down to their opponent, right? And I, I disagree with that. I don't think they play down to their opponent. I think that the p opponents that fear the LA Galaxy a little more allow them to have the ball more. And when they have them allow it plays against what the LA Galaxy are good at, that's why they quote unquote play down to their opponent when that happens. But you know, Seattle's not going to do that. And you know, Sporting Kansas City's not going to do that. They're going to come in and try to knock you across the face. But um, you know how to make your schedule easier. Is you win more games and then you Just become be a, a better, better team. team. Yes. Put yes. that schedule up there again because there's something interesting. I, I do think the Real Salt Lake game is going to be a tough game. It's on the road. It's at altitude. The, the team is scuffling a little bit. Um, but then look what happens after that. You have LAFC. I agree with you. Winnable game. going to be a Landon Donovan day. Uh, I, I do think that the crowd is going to feed off that. And then I, I think the, the team will feed off that. But then you have that break, mm, you know, breaks, you put the, the brakes on everything, whatever momentum or whatever slide the Galaxy are on stops for two weeks. Right. That's a long break in the middle of the season. And, and I mentioned that because then they come back with Portland at home, a game that's winnable, a game that will be very important because that's a six point game when you playoff advantage, uh, whether Galaxy might have to go to Portland and play on turf or whether that game would be here, a six point swing. Then you have Houston and Dallas, two teams at the bottom of the standings. You could see where the Galaxy could be on a four-game uh, unbeaten streak. 
heading into that Kansas City game, which uh, and then Kansas City, Seattle, and Minnesota to finish the season. I, I think that four game stretch right there. I'm pointing to the screen, and you know right. we can see it. But I think that four game stretch right there is really important. The Galaxy have to get a lot of points there because they're not going to get points from the last three games. They're not going to get many. But they played three of those four games coming out of that break. And the break does not, I don't believe, the break helps the Galaxy at this point for a couple of reasons. Yes, it gives them a couple of weeks to train. Um, and we talked about them needing to build that chemistry. But they're fairly healthy. They really only have one injury, Derek Williams, who's about to come back. Um, as we as we mentioned, only 11 players have played even half the minutes this season. So the Galaxy should not be tired. Uh, if anything, I think they they would prefer to come out of that LAFC game with some momentum and carry it through, but instead they're going to break and have to to wait 13 days to get after it again. Well, and and then we mentioned the international break, and we have to talk about internationals as well. So you're you're going to lose guys probably like uh, Ravellison. You're going to lose guys like uh, you know Sebastian Legette, Jonathan Dos Santos, possibly Efrain Alvarez. I mean, you know, you can go Nico Hamelainen. And then as we had... Don't, don't sleep on Araujo. And this is a very important window for Julian Araujo. Perhaps for Julian Araujo as well. And then you have guys who might have to be in different quarantine rules depending on vaccination status. So whenever you come back for that game, is everybody there? Is everybody available? Is Can everybody play whenever you're coming back and you have to play, you know, and you host Portland on 10-16? And Portland is a very... Uh, they have suddenly picked up and they're in a good, they beat Real Salt Lake six to one. Um, this is a team that is on the rise there. That being said, the two games, the LA galaxy played to them. Granted, one of them was, I think a three, nothing loss up in Portland, uh, could have been four, nothing. I don't remember, but that was the Derek Williams that, red card game. That was the game that fell apart after that red card. Yeah. Exactly. I, I don't know that you can really draw many conclusions from that game, except that I thought the galaxy played well whenever they were 11 v 11 and then they beat them pretty handily. So maybe they have Portland's number. Portland is a change team. They've gotten better and certainly they're there. I do not believe at this point that Portland is better than the LA Galaxy. They could be whenever it all is said and done, they go to play, but that's where we're going. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Real Salt Lake game here before we get out of here. Uh, Galaxy uh, Wednesday night, uh, Rio Tinto Stadium against Real Salt Lake. This is a 6.30 p.m. television start time, a 6.38 p.m. kickoff time. Uh, this game will be on Spectrum Sportsnet uh, if you're looking for. So uh, Joe Totino, Kobe Jones, uh, and of course, Nikki Kay will have your coverage for that. Um, this is... Uh, it's another interesting game. We talked about it. The LA Galaxy haven't lost RSL this season. Um, you know, the LA Galaxy going at least the last three back have not lost RSL. So they're undefeated in the last three games against uh, Real Salt Lake. Uh, the last time they played them on July 21st was a 2-2 draw. Um, and I think the Galaxy scored first and Salt Lake came back and then Salt Lake scored and, and had the had the lead there. And then the Galaxy came back to tie that game. Um, but again, scoring first is important for the LA Galaxy. So get that first goal. Uh, that's going to be one of the big things. We talked about it. Uh, RSL coming off of a 6-1 loss to the Portland Timbers. Uh, Portland ran up the score. They were on fire on this one. It's really interesting. We've talked about this RSL team. They are very Jekyll and Hyde, Kevin. They can, they've can. they won two of their last three. It just happens that one of the games that they lost, they lost 6-1, to one, right? So it's not something. And one of those games, by the way, was a win over Seattle, one nothing win over Seattle as well. So um, like I said, very Jekyll and Hyde. I'm not sure where to put them. I'm not sure how to sort of look at them and say, oh, this team is this or this team is that. Um, bottom line is that, you know, the, the Galaxy have to go in and try to get points from this game. I mean, one point is okay, um, but at this point, you need three points. The Galaxy need a win to get back on track. I think if you wish, Kevin, if you wish real hard on that and you say, oh, please, 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 I think there's a chance. 
Um, would I put it? Would I give them a good chance of doing that? I I cannot. Not in the not in the way they're well, playing. Well, there's some other statistics that we should break down on this. For instance, the game in in Austin that was an ESPN game. Mm-hmm. How do they do in games when Nikki K is on the sidelines? Because that's the stat I want to know. And the other thing is because that was an ESPN game, that means Nikki K has to fly commercial from here to Salt Lake, but she's going to come back on. I, I have you, you. We lost you, of course. I'm sure you were trying to get to something that was interesting, but you just. I'm just you cut worried, out. worried about the. I'm worried about the broadcast crew. No, they, I don't think they're traveling. I don't think they're going to uh, to the games still. So I think they're still well, then doing. How can she do it from the sidelines? She's, how can, she's, how can she, she do hasn't. The she hasn't been on the sidelines for any of the away games, Kevin. Way oh, to pay okay. attention. Good job. <laughs> I've uh, seen her at the home games. Yes, absolutely. Good job. Okay, she was at LAFC. Yeah. Um, and so, um, so anyway, no, I mean, you look at this and you, and you, you look at the galaxy. I mean, this, I don't know at this point, can you, could you make a reasonable guess as to what happens in this RSL game? I mean, if you're RSL, you have to sit there and go, well, we'll give the galaxy the ball, right? I mean, you can't sit there and say, oh, we're going to run it down the galaxy's throat. But if you look at real salt Lake, that is kind of more of their, their MO is to attack and to be on the front foot and to go after things. Is that not? Well, you know, Real Salt Lake knows that it's it's fighting for playoff it's playoff life. It's right there at the at the the, the cusp of falling below. They're seven two and four at home. Yeah. Um. And, and that Portland game, I mean that that it, for any team, they want to erase the embarrassment and the the sour taste of that as quickly as possible. I think I, I do think Real Salt Lake has an awful lot to play for. And again, it's at altitude. And the Galaxy are you know you said it so so well. You know the Galaxy are in that position where if they fall behind it's going to take a massive effort for them not to fold just because of what they've been through. And, and as you said, that one win when they've given up the first goal, um, that's a lot to overcome. And with their mental state right now, this doesn't look good to me. I I mean, there's nothing like a draw rarely is a good result, but a draw in this game might be about the best they could reasonably hope for. It depends. It depends on how it happens. Right. It's one of those if the Galaxy go up to nothing. And by the way, um, Alejandro corrected me. It was two nothing. Galaxy were losing to Real Salt Lake, came back to tie it two two uh, the last time they played uh, at RSL. So, I mean, you know, it's it's one of those where it's like, hey, you, you got a point out of a allowing them to score first uh, little fun there, which is something the Galaxy haven't done all that much of. Um, I just I, I can't sit here and say, I mean, if you're how can anybody be confident? And I think if you're looking at the galaxy, how can, how can you be confident in yourselves? Uh, so something has to happen. Something weird has to happen. Kevin, I'm talking about galaxy score, an own goal that goes off like three RSL players bounces off the post, hits the goalkeeper's butt and goes back into the goal. It has to be something that strange and crazy in order to break this, because right now you're looking for anything, anything at all to allow the LA galaxy to, to, to find some hope. Um, and if I'm RSL, I swear to God, I sit back. I swear I sit back and just give the ball to the galaxy. They have not proven that they can beat anybody who does that. And RSL is more than capable of breaking on the counter. The galaxy struggled defending on the counter. Um, the galaxy would like to score an early goal and sit there. My analysis is getting very, very boring of the LA galaxy here, uh, you know, in these last eight games, Kevin, because it's very simple. Score the first goal. So that way you can then be the team that is able to absorb pressure and play out. And that's your best way to do it. That's it. That's the only thing. It doesn't matter who they're playing, by the way. It doesn't matter if it's Seattle. It doesn't matter if it's Sporting Kansas City. Score the first goal. That's stupid. 
um, that's pedestrian whenever you think about like that type of analysis. But tell me, looking at the LA Galaxy, that anything else works. Well, and, it's not it's not as stupid as your analysis that if you win, you have a better schedule. That is schedule. That is but, true, but, though. By the it's way, absolutely true. The 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 Galaxy are unbeaten in Sandy, Utah this year. The LA they are. I mean, but they you know, Vancouver and they have the draw with. Uh, okay, I mean, I mean. I don't know. I can't. I say the Galaxy lose this game. I'm telling you, I don't I don't see it. Just show me. Make make me a believer in this team again. I think everybody's waiting for that, right? You're looking for the sign. Somebody needs to show you the sign. You need the second start of the right start blinking or something like that. So well, you know there's a sign the Galaxy are gonna be good again. Maybe Greg Vanny. I'll be honest. This is this is my hot hot take. Ever since Greg Vanny uh, shaved his beard, the Galaxy have really started to go downhill. That's that's even better than the Nikki K factor. Yeah, I like that. I, I like that. I think that's what it is. So um, if I'm Greg, well, I, I wear one of those costume beards um, for the game. I get the tightest pants possible because I think that man wears tight pants all the time. But as tight as possible, I want him like squeezed like a like a tube of toothpaste, um, sort of just waiting to explode there. And he's got to have the beard on. And I think that fixes fix everything. Well, I'm not giving up on my playoff prediction. I, I, I hold firm by that because the five teams that aren't going to make it, the Galaxy are not as bad as those teams. I'm not ready to jump off the bandwagon yet because jumping on and off the bandwagon, I got bad knees. It hurts. Uh, uh, I'm not predicting a win, but I'm not. I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm not setting torch to the place just yet. Yeah, RSL would jump the LA Galaxy. Depending on other results, very busy day Wednesday. I think there are 20. Every, I think everybody plays. Everybody about. but one team because there's always one team who doesn't play whenever there's 27 teams. So uh, I think they have all 13 games coming up on Wednesday. So it's going to be a busy one. Um, and then the LA Galaxy, of course, have the LAFC game as well. Um, <laughs> Feel the Berm says uh, that uh, they need to bring a bunch of personal items to the stadium and burn them in a trash can. Oh. That's that's exactly what they need to do. I agree. And then drink a bottle of tequila. That is if, if that isn't already happening, like who's in charge of that? Is that Zach? Is Zach supposed to be the one who procures the trash can and tells everybody to bring their personal items? You, and You know, what's so so funny. I was talking to Amanda Cromwell, the coach at UCLA, and she said that they actually did that last season, that they she watched. She watched the great uh, the Ted Lasso episode where they did that. And she thought that's a great idea. She went to her administrator and said, is it OK if we make a fire on campus? And he says, I don't think so. And she said, OK, well, we're going to do it anyways. And they did. And then they went up going, you know, went deep into the NCAA tournament. Um, before we so go, it helped them before, before we go, I want to have a little conversation as well, though. Um, you have an LA galaxy team that started off really well. And I think that Greg Vanny gets a lot of credit for that. Um, and maybe some of that's undeserved and, and it's not like a mean thing to say it's undeserved. It's just that maybe the galaxy weren't as good as everybody thought they were. And so that's the thing. So you have the LA galaxy team now to this stumbling Kevin, if they stumble into this playoffs, or even if they stumble out of the playoffs on the end, um, then there's going to be a lot of consternation with the fan base, right? Even though there has been some, I think, very positive movement for the LA Galaxy from 2020 to 2021, there's going to be some some worry from LA Galaxy fans. The, the Galaxy fans are going to want blood. Somebody's going to have to be a sacrificial lamb. Now, we have been paying close attention to to Dennis DeClosa and whether or not we know the LA Galaxy have an option on his contract and whether or not they're going to keep him for another year. Um, I think at the beginning of this year, and you and I were talking about this beforehand, I think at the beginning of this year, Greg Vanny got a lot of, I can do this all myself because look, I'm finding all these guys. I'm doing all this stuff. I think there was a lot of that. Um, but as the galaxy stumbled down the end, do you, does, does Dennis DeClosa get more of the blame as it gets further on? Or is Dennis DeClosa seen as a more important piece? Because I think you and I see it one way and I'm sure the LA galaxy, because they're, I never think we're on the same page whenever we're thinking about these things, see it the complete opposite direction. So, so what do you see? 
No, I, I, I think this helps Dennis if he needed help. And th- th- here's the thing. We don't know what we don't know. And that we got to say that from the top. We don't know if we're speculating. Do we know Dennis's contract is up? We were speculating that there was some talk. We heard FC Cincinnati was going. I know Dennis's contract is up. I know the LA Galaxy hold an option. Those are the things that I that I know. And and we know that other teams have been circling around FC Cincinnati, that Dennis is a hot commodity, that he's wanted other places. We know all that. We know that AEG met with him. We don't know what they talked about. But I do think that the slide helps Dennis because at the beginning of the season, you're right. Greg Vanny could do no wrong. Um, uh, the other part of that we don't know is the players that Greg brought in. At the beginning, it was like, what? What? these are fantastic signings. These are, guys are all great. As some of these players have regressed a little bit, I mean, think about Jonathan Bond. Got off to a great start. Uh, maybe playing better than he deserved to play. Now struggle, it has struggled in some of his recent games. Um, maybe that's the goalkeeper that he was. But my point is everything that Greg touched at the beginning of the season turned to gold. We don't know if these are the players we wanted. We assume that he, that they are, but maybe he had Messi signed and, and AEG wouldn't pay for it, so he wound up with Grant Sear. So he didn't get the player we want. But assuming that, these, that this is the team that Greg put together, they did really well at the beginning of the season, and now maybe the idea of Greg doing everything himself has started to uh, – some AEG people may be a little concerned. Look, you need to, to work on your short corner kicks first. You can't be in the office doing contract paperwork. You need someone to help you with that. Now, the problem with – as I see it with Dennis is he was a general manager for a very major club. I'm sure he was making seven figures. i, I got to believe that. When you look at what happened with Dave Sarakin – he was fired not because he was doing a bad job, but because the galaxy felt like his salary was too high. Fired. This is fired. He wasn't fired. He was. He was, he was oh, released. Let go. Right. Well, I mean, well, it, it, actually, they. I think they gave him a contract that was unacceptable. Right. So, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a company AEG that at that time was into cost savings. Remember that was the 2017 season when Kurt Anopel came in and they promoted the academy guys and got rid of all the DPS. AEG is a concert promoter. That's their job. They've been killed by uh, – that's a wrong word to use. They've been hurt very much by COVID. They are squeezing nickels to get blood out of them now. So Dennis may not be able to maintain his salary if he wants If he wants to stay. He may have to make some sort of a bargain. But what I guess what I'm getting to is the his importance as an assistant, as a backstop to Greg Vanny, as someone that can help implement Greg's vision – I think has become more important. Maybe he becomes the director of the Academy as well, or has a bigger role in the Academy. Maybe he does a couple of different things. Maybe he oversees Jovan and scouting. Maybe his job changes. I don't see him continuing as a traditional general manager. I think Greg still runs the show, but I think now rather than uh, Greg and Dennis discussing some sort of move and then Greg doing what he wants, I think maybe now Greg comes into Dennis and says, we need to do this. We need to do that. Can you help me implement this strategy? But I do think that Dennis, Dennis's stock has risen. I do think that now the galaxy look at this and say, this may be a little bit, this transit, and it may be just a transition, maybe for one or two seasons. We know that when Greg came into Toronto, he had a very good general manager. When that guy's contract was up, he was out and Greg did everything himself and he succeeded. They may look at this as, you know what, this is a little bit too big a lift for you to do in one season by yourself. You're going to need some help. So I, yeah, I do think that, that Dennis DeClosa, if you want to say he's been helped by the slide, I do think his position has has gotten a little bit better. 
Um, I don't. Th- I disagree with the idea that somebody's head has to roll for this. I don't know whose head would roll. Somebody's head. Well, I mean, they're going to see. This is this is my problem. This is where I will I will say I I want to believe sort of the way that you are because that's how I see it. Right. I see that. But I can look at the L.A. Galaxy saying, OK, well, we have to blame somebody for this. And who's great? Oh, well, we weren't going to renew this guy's contract anyway. So now we're going to sort of look at Dennis close and say it's his fault. He- he, he becomes a very easy scapegoat with the fact his contract is up unless he can prove his worth or, or convince somebody he needs to stay. You're right. But remember, after 2017, yes, they did fire an awful in the middle of the season. I still believe they didn't give him enough of a chance considering what they were going through. I don't think Vanny's job is in danger at all. He's, you know, galaxy through Correct. and through. He did so good at the beginning of the season. He can point to the beginning of the season and say, this is what I can do. And, you know, given and, the chance. And quite honestly, and quite honestly, the Galaxy need to buy into a coach that has a direction and let that play out because so often we see you're going to pull the trigger too quickly. I'm sorry, but you need somebody to be able to build a consistent system. You can't constantly change things and expect players just to adapt and make it better. These are not English Premier League players. These are not guys who it's like, and you hear so often from the guys coming from over the EPL in Europe is that you don't have time to work on your game because results are all that matters. Everything happens. And so there's no development in there. You don't get to develop as a player. You either make it or you don't. And some people like that model. But in MLS, where you have to build towards something, um, I think you need to give somebody time to do that. I think Greg Vanny at least gets all the way through next year. Um, with the with the chance to do that. Well, I, I never felt that GBS had a plan. I never felt that he had a strategy. And when things would go wrong, you'd ask him, and he'd basically throw up his hands and say, "We had the right game." How many times he say this? We had the right game plan. We had the right strategy. It just, just didn't, didn't work. Yeah, we didn't execute, or you know, that type of thing. And it, but it was more like, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong, and I don't know how to fix it. And we heard afterwards that his solution, seemingly, and this is from people I've talked to, uh, seemingly was, "Well, you need to run more. You need to run yeah, faster. Run, you need run, to try run harder." Faster. Yeah, I heard that from one player. He said his he sits on the sideline and screams, "Run faster!" But Greg, whether or not you know, I'm not in the locker room. I don't know what he says to the players, but what he says to us, he seems to understand what's going wrong. Now he hasn't been able to fix it. But he seems to have a plan. He seems to be implementing some things. He seems to be frustrated about things not going the way they want. He seems to be showing some emotion. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I and again, he can point to the beginning of the season and say, I can do this. I don't know that GBS, other than the beginning of the 2019 season, the first couple of months, um, which I guess you could equate with Greg, I don't know whether he really had that sort of a string where he could say, give me the chance and I'll, I'll, I'll make this work. It's, uh, it's an interesting one. It's a it's a really interesting uh, conundrum that's going to happen here fairly rapidly. I mean, if you look at eight games left in the season, I mean, ultimately, these decisions should have already been made, Kevin, um, when you think about what's going to happen for next year. And we know that there are big decisions like contracts like Jonathan Dos Santos, um, that type of thing, you know, coming up for next season that technically have already been decided and you already have to have a plan for. Well, well, here's another thing to factor in. I I was looking a lot at that new expanded Leagues Cup that's going to start in 2023. It's (laughs) going to be crazy. (laughs) They're still going to play 34 games. They're going to have as many as seven games in the League Cup, which is going to start a week after, less than a week after the Gold Cup. You're still going to have U.S. Open Cup. You're still going to have CONCACAF Champions League. You're still going to have international breaks. If a team goes deep in the playoffs, their offseason will be weeks, not months. So it's going to be like like this all along. And if if Greg Vanny is trying to do 
everything himself, managing the team through five different tournaments, signing all the players, directing the scouting people, overseeing the contracts. It's too much. He can't do that. It's too, it's too much. much. It, it was an argument. I mean, we, I had Dennis and I asked him that question. I go, can, you know, can a coach do it all? And it's certainly within his interest to say, no, of course not. I need to, I need to do this. I get that. I'm not, I'm not an idiot. And I knew asking that question that that would probably be his answer. No, I'm expendable. You don't need, you don't need to keep me. Coaches can do it. Um, but I really think that outside of the outliers, guys like Bruce Arena, um, guys like Peter Vermees, um, and uh, by the way, I was talking to somebody about Bruce Arena and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, but you know, Bruce has a giant cast of people who really do a lot of work for him. So Bruce may be in charge of everything, but he delegates a lot of that stuff. Kurt Anolfo is there with him again. Kurt Anolfo did a lot for the LA Galaxy for Bruce Arena. And now Kurt Anolfo is there in New England doing a lot for and, and Bruce And Richie Arena. Williams and a lot of the guys in the Academy are former Galaxy people. Greg Vanny did it and can do it. He did it in Toronto, but he did it in Toronto. He he was hired as coach after he had been there a while, working in the academy, working with the team. He knew the way the team operated. He knew the talent he had. He knew the talent he had coming up. Um, he walked into the galaxy somewhat blind. That's why you've seen so many changes. I mean, look at all the players that are now playing key roles that weren't even here before. Mm-hmm. He's not rebuilding the team. He's starting over again. And that's a whole different job. And I do think that he needs some assistance and he will going forward because this 2023 season is going to be, it's going to be a train wreck. Yeah, of course it is. I know. I know I'm, I'm getting too old. I feel like uh, a lethal weapon quote, and that's how old I am that I remember all of but I'm getting too old for this stuff. Uh, I'm going to keep it PG on that, but yeah, I mean, it just, it boggles my mind that they're going to take a whole month off in the middle of the season to go play in a tournament. And and here's the worst part of that. We talk about the the fixture crunch and it's going to be insane in the middle of that summer in Houston and Austin and Atlanta and play Well, they have indoor stadium, but places where it's very, very, very hot. St. Louis will be in in the league by then summer humidity in St. Louis is terrible, but, um, you know, the fixture crunch, but then the way they're apparently going to play that tournament is there, it's going to be, um, everybody's going to play two first round games. It's going to be a knockout stage to get into the main tournament. Yeah. There's going to be no. like a three team group, right? Well, yeah, three team group. And you, and so you play two, two games and three. then two teams move on. But that means 16 teams are eliminated Yeah, and they sit around for three and a half weeks with nothing to do because there's no one to play. Uh, anyway. How is that not a disadvantage or an advantage for a team that has a lot of injured players? Dennis, uh, Dennis was, uh, was, was laughing. I said, I don't want to ask you about leagues cup. And he just, and, and he goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, I understand the whole deal. He goes, let's see how they make that work. It was, it was funny. It was one of those. And I'm like, yeah, how, how are they going to make that? It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, uh, LA galaxy. I want to do a little sidebar on that. I know we had been talking about it. I wanted to make sure we got it in there. Uh, LA galaxy play real salt Lake coming up 6 30 PM, 6 38 PM kickoff time spectrum sports net is where you can find it i know there are some people in our discord who are actually going to that game as well so make sure you meet up say hi to everybody at rio tinto stadium um, and i bet you the team applauds them uh i bet that they do <laughs> absolutely 100 percent. kevin anything else you want to get to or are we good yes last thing about leagues cup the best thing is that this all the four semifinalists will all be mexican league clubs anyway so it doesn't matter okay well the, mls will be all out of it by then well I'm, I'm glad that you have such optimism for uh for the leagues cup and you're just a ray of sunshine thank you for that as well so not only does it take a month away but it will there'll be no results for major league soccer yeah teams. exactly it doesn't matter yeah okay good i'm looking forward to the rule changes that come out with an added dp and an extended uh, salary cap in order to account for all of this schedule congestion that they think that they're going to be able to force on everybody. It'll be fun. I want the CBA is going to have to be reworked or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. All right. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at KBaxter11. And please head on over to corner or excuse me, LATimes.com. I was going to tell him where to find me, but no. 
uh, latimes.com, where you can find Kevin's writing covering soccer here in Southern California and around the United States. latimes.com at kbacks for 11 for the panda. All right, for me, at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Uh, if you're going over cornerthegalaxy.com, Larry's got an article. We got a video there. We got a recap. We will, of course, have your coverage and all your podcasts are there as well. So cornerthegalaxy.com coming up two games this week. Wednesday, it's RSL. Sunday, it is LAFC and El Trafico. All right, for Kevin, the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Pato Gessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.